Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan, Jesse, go! This week on Jordan Jesse Go, talk of my beautiful new child is predictably occluded by talk of the Duckiverse. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's greatest dad. Uh, I'm Jordan Morris, childless. Oh, I'm the king of childless dads. Childless loner. I am the king of dads, Jordan, yeah. from here on out. Wow. Wait, I don't know. Well, okay. Hold on. Yeah. I don't want to imply that you're not a good father. I'm sure you are. You're a very loving man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, we've loved. Sure, absolutely. Each other, yeah. oftentimes. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not prone to, to blackout weekends in Vegas. Uh-huh. Correct. Uh, you haven't gone on, on, gone on any dissociative fugues that I know of. <laughs> that you know of. That Correct. I know of. Uh, but... Do you think you should save this boasting about being the world's greatest dad until you've, you know, maybe put some Neosporin on some skinned knees, till you've coached a few t-ball games, till you've uh, pinned a few boutonnieres on before the dance? I mean, these are like key dad topics, or these are key dad activities that, mm, frankly, you haven't, you know, you haven't haven't tried out yet. Are you familiar with the pre-poop substance called muconium? Uh, I'm not. Let's hear about it. It's black and tarry, and I've cleaned it off of balls. Wow. So that basically makes me the world's greatest dad. Before they start pooping poop, they poop something called muconium uh, that is black and tarry and that I have cleaned off of balls. Why is it not just... Why is it a different thing? Like, why does it need its own name? It is from the stuff that's... that. That feeds the baby while the baby is in utero. Hmm. Okay. So, there you go. Well, (laughs) yes. Case proven, as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. It Uh, it stinks, I'd imagine. uh, No, actually. Does not stink that much. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's nice. Actually, a lot of the stuff that comes out of the butt for the first week or so doesn't stink surprisingly little. How is it when spread on an English muffin? (laughs) Nutty. Oh, huh. Um, Wait, this might be Nutella. <laughs> Everything you've described <laughs> right. so far is leading me to believe that you're, in fact, just eating Nutella. Wait, is that why my baby is jar-shaped? Yeah. Have you <laughs> seen the baby yet? And difficult to diaper. <laughs> um, our guest uh, this week on the program, you know him as uh, one of the most beloved stand-up comedians in America. Ah, sure, why not, right? Sure. He was on The Sound of Young America one time. I don't think I have ever received more emails on any subject than people who enjoyed his stand-up comedy. And uh, I think it's a combination of how talented he is and how difficult his name is to hear and remember on the radio. Um, Kumail Nanjiani. Hey, thanks for having me. I didn't know that you got most emails. You didn't know that? I I seriously, I mean, that's not, I don't get a lot of emails um, from the radio show. Yeah. Uh, we all get many more about the podcast generally, but, um, despite the fact that like five times as many people listen to the radio show, but I think I probably got half a dozen emails saying that was, who is that great comedian on your show? You got six emails. And that's pretty, that's a, that's (laughs) That's a a record. (laughs) It's a significant number of emails. I mean, usually I'll just get one or two emails a week and they'll usually concern my grammar. (laughs) You know, they'll be, um, and like related. 
Okay, well, then I feel very good about that. Can I say something? I met your son, Simon. Yes. Adorable. Oh, thank you. You say you're the world's greatest dad. Yeah. He wasn't really that polite. Oh. Kind of ignored me. He was asleep. I mean, Didn't t- in my defense, he was asleep. And nine days old. Right. I mean, so you think you think I should have Emily posted a little bit I, in sh- the last nine days. Yeah, put him, you know, put him in some, like a frog costume or something. Oh, that would be cute. Oh, my God, if I'd come here and I see, meet your son for the first time, and it's Simon the Frog. Now, that's a baby I remember, <laughs> you know? And maybe his crib was like the lily pad? Yeah. You're missing all these yeah. tricks. You're too busy cleaning muconium off of balls right. when you should be well, investing not- in frog costumes. I, do you see, so you see this as an investment. This is a growth opportunity. Yeah. I mean, at least till the age of four. Right. That's going to be great. Yeah. I once... Well, I, you know, I say, I say do it to the point where it's imprinted on his sexuality. I think that's the nicest thing you It can won't do. even take that much. I yeah. bet age of two and a half. Sure. That's called, it is, that's called giving the gift of kink. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It'll ensure that when he's older, he'll have a nice yeah. internet community to join immediately. Right. Or, he's not going to have to yeah. like look around. Or taking the gift of normalcy. Have you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you ever? Have you ever wished? I mean, for all I know, Jordan, there yeah. could be some weird specific thing that really turns your crank sexually. But have you ever thought? I'm presuming that there isn't. Sure. Um, have you ever thought that that would be kind I of nice? I do enjoy the breasts and behinds of women. Sure. <laughs> I think that's pretty standard. Is it? Yeah, I don't think you're really breaking new ground there. Okay. But I, mean, but I mean, like, I really like them. Have you Googled when breasts I... and behinds? Your computer explodes. <laughs> oh, wow. I've often... From, from too many, from from, many searchers. From too many, yeah. I've okay. often thought that... But I'm, like, super into them. <laughs> I've often thought that even something as simple as, like, a foot fetish... Mm-hmm. Would just be cool because you just know you you just have something that's not in short supply, and with the internet, nothing is in short supply, so you can just you can just bring it in whenever things need a kickstart. But see, I don't I don't think Jordan and I need. I guess feed. naked ladies. Is, yeah, I right. get, I have this weird thing where I'm really attracted to like hot ladies that uh-huh. are like sure. good sure. shape, you know. Sure. So that's my kink. Sure, I can understand that. Anyway, we're going to be talking about uh, butts, behinds, and babies this week. On <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, Jesse, go. We'll be back in just a second. Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kamel Nanjiani. You can have a nickname. I can have a nickname? You can have a nickname. Oh, my God. Can I keep changing it, or does it stay the same? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can sit on it till the last bit of the show. You can wait to reveal it. Pretty much. I'll go for it right now. Kamel Nanjiani, Liu Kang. That's great. From Mortal Kombat. Sure. (laughs) You can call me Liu Kang. Is the whole thing the nickname? Liu Kang from Mortal Kombat? No, just Liu Kang. Is this from Mortal Kombat, the movie, or? All of them. It's yeah. Liu Kang. Yeah, Liu Kang's a constant in the Mortal Kombat universe. Liu Kang is the face of Mortal Kombat. Is he? Really? Yeah. Totally. I thought the face of Mortal Kombat was on top of a spine that had been removed from a body. <laughs> Oftentimes, he's been that happens to Liu Kang. <laughs> yeah, he's been there. Yeah. Liu Kang is like the audience surrogate. He's like the relatable one. He's us. Exactly. Yeah. Jordan, he's the Greek chorus of Mortal Kombat. Jordan, was it on this show or was it on that video game podcast that we went on together that I talked about how I have significantly more experience playing the PC shareware game Pong Combat 
than I do playing <laughs> the legendary video game Mortal Kombat. And the touchstone of our generation, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, this was, uh, Jesse and I were on the Retronauts podcast uh, back before it was Retronauts Live. And um, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know where you talked about it, but I remember this was a Pong parody of Mortal Kombat. That would yeah. be like if you knew Eat It, but not Beat It. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which exactly. described me for a brief period when I was 11. You were like, this guy's an amazing songwriter. Yeah. So many hits. <laughs> Dude, somebody ripped off Weird Al. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Some I... Some fucker. Yeah. Kumail, is, Kumail, by the way, is uh, the host of a video game podcast called The Indoor Kids, correct? That's correct, yeah. Oh, thank God I remembered that. He's also one of the uh, stars of the hit television program Franklin and Bash. That's correct. Was that the right cadence? Was that the right emphasis? Franklin and Bash? Franklin and Bash. Okay. I think I go, I go Franklin and Bash. Okay, you, you hit Bash a little harder. Yeah, Franklin and Bash. Franklin and nice. Bash. No. Franklin and Bash. Franklin. No. Just just run by Franklin and. Franklin and Bash. <laughs> Too much emphasis on Franklin. Ah! <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just screaming. Montgomery Ward. <laughs> Rizzoli and Isles. <laughs> Turner and Hooch. Sure. Is that a show? I think we should be pitching Turner and Hooch to USA. Yeah, right. Maybe. Uh, is it yours to pitch, though? I'm pretty sure you have to own no, the no, property. No, Turner and Hooch is in the public domain. <laughs> it's like Camp Town Races. Tur- Turner and Hooch is actually was a turn-of-the-century cartoon strip. That's what it was originally developed from. So It's all of us. We yeah. only would have to pay the estate of Windsor McKay. <laughs> um, man alive. Wait, so do, did, you, did you just never come across Mortal Kombat, like not even in a pizza place, or not, like, did it just not, did, you didn't have like a friend who had the bloody Genesis version, like the, you just didn't the even... only The only people who, the only place where I played video games ever in public mm-hmm. was the pupuseria by my house, mm-hmm. um, and my dogs, by the way, very excited at the prospect of pupusas. Um, the pupuseria around the corner from my house, Los Panchos, um, they had a tabletop Miss Pac-Man, mm. uh, which by the time it, I was playing it, must have been 20 years old. I mean, this was not in 1974 right. or whenever <laughs> that was a popular thing. Um, and so that was it for me in arcades. Because when you're not any good at video games, you just put a quarter, it's just a quarter eating machine. <laughs> sure. It's really a pathetic scene to try and play arcade video games if you're not that good at video games. Yeah, it's slowly losing money and having nothing to show for Quickly it. Quickly losing money. Yeah. I mean, it's really, I could still, I could go up to any arcade video game in America, put a quarter in, and within. 120 seconds. Yeah. I have to put another quarter. You might as well walk down the street just putting quarters and... Parking meters. Yeah, and not park (laughs) your car there. Exactly. That's exactly what I get out of it. So not that. And I, you know, I had a Genesis, Mm -hmm. but I I don't know if anyone I knew had a Genesis. Like, it was definitely... Genesis was where it was at for Mortal Kombat. Oh, yeah. Sega does what Nintendo don't. Mm -hmm. They showed the... They they had a code you could input to get the gory version of Mortal Kombat. In the Super Nintendo version, when the characters hit each other, instead of blood spraying, it was sweat coming off A lot of sweat. Uh, Very sweaty. And the fatalities were changed to finishing moves, and they were these kind of lame... Do you even remember what... I never played the the Super Nintendo one. I had the I had the Genesis one. Yeah, me too. A B A C A B B. That was a blood code. But by the that is correct. Yeah. 
I knew that if I made a custom hockey team composed exclusively of Ty Domi, defenseman Ty Domi, uh, I was guaranteed to get in a lot of fights that might end with blood on the ice. Okay, this is an NHL. Or is this in Mario Lemieux hockey? No, this is an <laughs> NHL. I still contend that Mario Lemieux hockey should have been the franchise and NHL should have, should have gone the way of the <laughs> Buffalo. <laughs> Superior hockey game. I have to admit, I, if, if at any point this show goes off the rails, I mean more than usual, mm. I am not to be blamed because I am delirious. I'm absolutely... Where's your, where your delirium spring? Well, you from? have a mucoconium-making machine yeah, in your house. I have house. a nine-day-old human being who... I swear to God, there is nothing that this baby likes about me. I, to me, mm. I am... He doesn't even enjoy the muconium wipes? I, it seems I, like that would have a pleasurable sensation. No, he does not enjoy that because mm. it's sticky. It's hard mm. to get off. But he wants it off, and you're the one taking it off. He doesn't have a strong grasp of cause and effect. All he knows is that... I'm just judging from his communication, which is mostly involves him closing his mouth and then opening it like... And that means that he wants boobs, which I don't have. Hmm. <laughs> That's like, at the end of the day, I am the asshole that doesn't have boobs. <laughs> yeah. Like, to him, almost everyone has boobs because it's mostly my wife that has him. And I'm the fucker with no boobs. Just, just, like, just, just keep in mind that at some point in his life, you'll be the guy with the stash of porno mags. So, <laughs> yeah, just you'll like, make wait up for, for it. that. Yeah, you'll make up for it. Thanks, Dad. I, we live in a post-porno mag world, no, Jordan. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to give him I anything. I have some antiquated notions of dads, I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to help me fix my Mustang. Sure, yeah. Going to help you build a boxcar racer. I ought, I'm going to have to learn Match how to do car. at least Still one dad thing well. God. I, can th- I, throw, can... I don't throw like a girl. Yeah, sure. You can, you can do a game of catch. I can do game of catch. Sure. I can do game of You're catch. You're fine. You're fine. You could teach him podcasting techniques. <laughs> yeah, sure. that's a big yeah. dad sure thing, that, right? I'm sure that by the time your son is old enough to, you know, be involved in social activities, podcasting will be the new baseball. Well, I mean, a- as anyone who <laughs> read a Time magazine in 2005 knows, sure. podcasting is the next big wave of information technology. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think by the time he's, you know, 15 or 16. Till he can join the podcasting league, the neighborhood podcasting league. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll get to we'll wait, put twenty bucks in the kitty and see yeah. who comes out the winner at the end of the year. He could win state. He could go. He <laughs> could go to college on I'd, a podcasting scholarship. <laughs> I'd like to see him go to nationals. It, for, as far as I'm concerned, don't Kumail, push him too hard, Jesse. As far as I'm concerned, Kumail, anything less than nationals is a failure. Oh no. Yeah. I hope he never hears this one. What can I say? I'm a podcasting dad. Yeah. No, you can rally the rally the kids before the big podcasting tournament. Absolutely. Clear eyes, open hearts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know it's it's um, it really. I don't know. I mean, having a baby, I actually it changes you in these ways. I went to see uh, yesterday was my first like exit from the house mm-hmm. <laughs> in like a week. And I went out with uh, our friend Adam Lissagor from You Look Nice Today. Um, and we went and saw that Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, you saw it last night? I saw it yesterday afternoon. I saw it last night. Uh, at the beautiful Vista Theater in here in Los Angeles. My, my personal favorite movie theater here in Los oh, yeah. Angeles. Can't be beat. The thing about the, uh, one of the great things about the Vista, most of the things about it are great, but the manager dresses up like one of the characters from whatever. It's, a, it's only got one screen, so the manager dresses up like a character from the movie 
in just the, you know the world's shittiest Halloween costume version of it, and stands yeah. outside and waves. Yeah, I saw Wolfman. He's dressed as Wolfman, but then I also saw a social network there, and you could tell he was happy. To just be dressed as a human being. <laughs> so he had all, like, those he, giant shower sandals and sweatpants? just slovenly. Yeah. Just, just kind a of, of slovenly. Of Land's End stuff. In a vaguely 1999 type way. Can I ask you something? You saw Prize of the Planet of the Apes yes, yesterday. I did, yes. Did, okay, have you seen it, Jordan? I have not seen it, no. The first hour of that movie is very, very sad and very brutal. Did having a baby affect the way you experienced... The baby monkey going so, through all the hardships. So I okay. So I was excited. So there's a big part of this movie that's baby monkey hardship. It's so the hour, Jordan, hour, Jordan. The first hour is baby monkey hardship. Don't even okay. That's this is. I'm glad you brought this up, Kumi. My wife almost walked out. So she was so upset. It's so it's it, and it's unrelenting. It keeps going. I wanted huh. okay. So I was excited that there. This is why I went to this movie. I wanted to get out of the house. And I was so excited that there was a, a blockbuster movie with decent reviews uh, playing at my favorite movie theater. And I'll go see any decent movie at this movie theater because it's nice. It's not expensive. There's a lot of leg room. It's not one of these theater seating type bullshits, which if you're tall is a real bitch because that thing that's supposed to go behind your head ends up like uh, yeah. at your upper back sort a lot of, of leg room. you over. It's a very comfortable space. It's it's uh, was once a movie palace, I believe, yeah. but they took nice, out half the seats. Nice clientele too at the Vista. Usually, uh, and a lot the, of lot of lot of movie theaters in L.A. You get a you get a lot of um, uh, people you don't want to be sitting next to. Yeah, I went to Glendale yesterday. A lot of talking, a lot of texting during sure. the movie. Yeah, then this is this at is certain, great. At certain movie theaters, it it will turn into a Hispanic teen makeout orgy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, not that there's not part of that that's hot. <laughs> no, most of it's hot. Yeah, but uh, you're there to watch a baby monkey hardship movie. Sure, Jordan, you're just you're just watching like Transformers three. You're just like, man, there are so many Morrissey songs on the soundtrack. Of this. <laughs> no, it's just people's ringtones that they've not turned off. Um, so it was great. And, and the monkey man was outside, the manager of the movie theater. The protagonist and it, from and the movie. Is, <laughs> I thought maybe he'd be dressed as James Franco. And it is great, it is great that, um, the, that the manager does that. It is the manager who dresses right. up in the monkey suit. And I, and I know that, okay, and I know that there, when we describe that, like people who haven't seen it, like can be, can kind of imagine like a bullshit LA version of that. This, I don't know, the spirit with which this no, is done it's a thousand is so percent. beautiful. It's, it's really Really Legit, great. Like, yeah. It's a really great. It's like an actual independent movie theater. Yeah. The guy's been the manager for like 15 years. There was, when, when they had their like 10th anniversary or something, yeah. there was a big poster that they put up in the coming attractions that was just different shitty pictures of him in shitty costumes. Yeah. <laughs> but he's such a sweet guy, you oh, know? Oh, sure. He's really like has a passion for managing a shitty movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so I was like set up for success. Because I would have enjoyed, I've just been sitting in my house watching, watching like, I don't even know, Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares or something. I've just gone through all the television shows that I want to watch, <laughs> and I'm just left with shows that I'm willing to watch. Uh-huh. And that's the, that's the short list. It's just Gordon Ramsay Kitchen Nightmares. And even now, that's really starting to grate on me after about episode five. So I was set up to love this fucking movie. 
And it's set in San Francisco. That's my hometown. There's so much going for I'm it. I'm a native San sure, Franciscan. There's a big Golden Gate Bridge battle that I've been seeing on in the commercials. James Franco's in it, who's absolutely one of the top guys you could have in a movie. As John far as Lithgow's in it. Yeah, John He's... Lithgow's tremendous. And then, what I didn't know, and granted, maybe I should have paid more attention, but what this movie is, is, first of all, a baby chimpanzee is orphaned. <laughs> First 10 minutes. Right off the bat. They'll lead with just that. Just boom. Oh. Boom. And not just any chimpanzee with human eyes. It's yeah. a human eye. Oh, chim- so this is, like, this is like they put Andy Serkis in a motion capture and yeah. he's the baby as well? Literally, yes. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's amazing. He's I mean, amazing. everything that people say about him being amazing and it is true. Sure. Um, James Franco completely indifferent, but, <laughs> but yeah, then, definitely phoning it in. I, I like that, and I like that James. Fr- there's like okay in in on the subject of James Franco phoning it in. I like that he's managed to be to put himself in a position where he could phone it in in front of more and more expensive special effects. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah, I, that you know he kind of came from the world of dramatic movies where his phoning it in. It's like, oh, he's just being thoughtful or yeah, something. Yeah, he made like $4 million a weekend or something, yeah. and now it's big. And it's also the contrast of him phoning it in versus Andy Serkis, oh. who like lived with the apes for a month or whatever, <laughs> right. and is like yeah. so committed. Yeah. So this baby orphan, this baby orphan is orphaned. Sure. It is the most beautiful creature you've ever seen in your entire life. As Kumail said, human eyes, deep, soulful eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they may have spent the entire animation budget in this movie on the eyes. Oh, my God. Like, when the monkeys are moving around, they look kind of weird and hokey. But, like, when they get in close to the face, you're like, ah, ah, don't die, don't die. It's amazing how how much empathy you feel for these monsters. There's Because they do turn murderous at a certain point, That's what, okay. So, the movie is one hour of basically... Horrible thing after horrible thing happening to this chi- essentially child. It's just, so hard to watch. I just kept going. Every scene I was like, please, just rise, just rise. <laughs> People heard me whispering that under my breath. I just wanted him to fucking rise already. And after, after an hour, and just it just keeps getting worse. And really Unrelenting. the ante. There's no... There's no like. So this is like precious, but with a monkey. There's like one, at some point someone throws a TV at his head, and it's revealed that he has AIDS. There's all, basically only one moment of like happiness and redemption in the relationship between the chimpanzee and the dad, played by James Franco. Um, and that Wait, is who, who he, James Franco adopts adopts okay. the chimpanzee after it is. He's the scientist in. who developed the serum that this monkey okay. is now made it super smart and gave him the human eyes. And so there's one moment, and that moment is, is, especially if you're from San Francisco, just the most absurd moment. I mean, anytime you're from a place other than Los Angeles and you see it represented in movies, you think it's hilarious because they are always, like in Bullet, like every, every one of those chase scenes in Bullet, they just like tear around the corner and then they just go from like Oakland to Daly City. <laughs> like just whole different parts of sure. the Bay Area. But... This was just a really sweet one, and one that I think is ridiculous, probably on a national level too. Um, which is there's this part where the mon- the monkey is getting bigger, and he needs some outdoor time. And the scientist tells him tells the scientist is told by uh, 
zookeeper, veterinarian, his love interest, that he probably needs some outdoor time. And James Franco gets that. Uh, I'm I'm beautiful, uh, and you can't tell whether I'm dumb or not, and I'm thinking right now, look in his eyes, and he goes, I know a place. (laughs) And then he takes them to Muir Woods, like the second most famous tourist attraction in the Bay Area. I don't even know where that is. It's north of San Francisco. It's like the thing that people, like people go to Fisherman's Wharf, ride the cable car, and then they go across the Golden Gate Bridge to Muir Woods. Hmm. Like it's as though they were in Phoenix, and he said, hmm. Let's take him to Alice Cooper's restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, hmm, I know a place. And then he's swinging around in the Grand Canyon. Oh, it's funny. Like, it's I, like, thought that's say, I, thought, I thought you were going to have something like super minor that made you really mad. Like, and then someone play, pays $1.50 for a BART transfer. Like, <laughs> what is this, the late 90s? And then Spock sees a punk rock guy on the bus. <laughs> oh, and the punk rock guy flips him off, so he gives him the Vulcan Definitely death Definitely the nadir of the entire Star Trek franchise. Did I tell you about? Did I ever told you about the interview I read with that actor? No. Okay, there's a great book. It's called um, "Destroy All Movies." This is like a history of punks in movies. Yeah, this is like from from 1977 to uh, I think 1999. These guys went through every single VHS tape at some sort of Austin VHS tape depository and uh, cataloged every time a punk rocker is in a movie, whether it's in a crowd scene or in a main role. <laughs> and, and there's a lot of, like, interviews with the people who played these famous punks, and they interviewed the guy who played um, the, the punk, punk rocker, rocker on the bus from, in Star uh, Trek for The Voyage Home, yeah. the best Star Trek film. And I guess the song... The best Star Trek-related property. Continue. Sure. Um, and I guess the song he's listening to on the boombox... Um, I guess when they were shooting the movie, they wanted to put in something like it was. It was something like they wanted to put on uh, something like Depeche Mode, like something that wasn't punk rock. Twisted just, Sister, yeah, like yeah. they didn't know what punk rock was, so they picked a song. It's like, uh, yeah, so it's just like this is this is it, right? And he he thought it was so wrong, he was so offended that he wrote his own song, and that's the song playing on the boombox. And I guess there's like one. You know, vinyl European import of the soundtrack where you can still hear this song, <laughs> but I guess it's it, as far as it being a, as far as there being a recording of it, it's like lost to the ages. Well, the the in the in the monkey movie, yes, no. First of all, they're not monkeys; apes. they're apes. No, sure, no tails, right? Is that the difference? Yeah. yeah, that's the difference. I don't know, but they make a big point of it in that and the original Planet of the Apes. So these apes uh, are... This this ape in particular gets no happiness, essentially, through the first 70 minutes of the film. And then the redemption of this film is when the ape turns against its father <laughs> like, <laughs> that has only loved it. And he's been forced to by society. Don't get me wrong. But, like, the key turning point is this moment when the dad comes to reconcile with the with the ape with the chimpanzee that's now like adolescent or a young adult or something, and the chimpanzee turns away from him. That is like that's the great like achievement of this chimpanzee, and then they and then they rise. I don't think it's supposed to be an achievement. I think it is supposed to be tragic. I think it's him embracing his animal nature, realizing he's not human. And then, you know, his rise, I think it's supposed to be tragic. You sort of cheer for it, but at the same time, you're like, wow, these apes are well, not going to kill humans. That's what's so horrible about it is that they, 
they set. I mean, that is that you're absolutely correct, Kumail. I I don't I don't wouldn't mean to suggest otherwise, but you really could not set it up worse for me. Here I am. I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling bad enough you that found I found this orphan baby in the jungle. I left my. <laughs> I, I'm leaving my wife at home to go have lunch with my friend and go to the movies while she's been, you know, sleeping three hours a night. And I'm the asshole that's like, oh, sweetie, I'm going to go see Rise of the Planet of the Apes at the Vista. Um, and you basically, basically, like, you could not pick themes more upsetting to me. Oh, of course not. Oh, yeah. It would be impossible to pick more upsetting themes because the dad is just trying to do his best, but the world has conspired against him, so there's no way that he can raise a good child, and his child has to turn against him violently. Is there a scene where James Franco is trying to teach the ape how to do a podcast, and then the ape <laughs> signs to him, podcasts are gay? <laughs> podcast gay. <laughs> yeah, I had to, I have a sick cat at home, and even, I mean, that is nothing like having a right. baby. I understand that. But for me, watching this ape suffer so much, like, I could just think of Bagel at home, you know? Like, it was too much. I could not... I could not have like when you go see a big Hollywood blockbuster movie, you don't expect to feel so much. You don't expect to feel anything. Yeah, and I just felt so much from the first scene. I was like, "Oh, this is a mistake," and it just kept going and going. I really liked the movie. I actually did, but I don't think I could ever watch it again. <laughs> um, you know, I I I sympathize a little bit. I I um, since becoming a cat owner, uh-huh. any kind of, and I'm a guy who like prides myself in being able to take a joke like i don't i try not to get offended easily i mean i like jokes so much I'm your like, cat oh. sucks uh, yeah <laughs> okay anytime there's a cruelty to cats joke in anything oh. i feel like i have to leave the room yeah uh like i was watching family guy and there was something in family guy and that couldn't be a more emotionally vacant show like <laughs> yeah. even seems to be like the thing of it is, like, nothing matters. Bunch of like, sociopaths. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, someone heard a cat, and I was, like, mad and had to turn it off. And, like, there's this guy at my office, this new guy at my office, who's I, – I, I hear this a lot from, like, self-professed dog people. And I'm sure it goes both ways, like, people who put their identity into being, like, I'm a dog person or I'm a cat person. But he, like – is vocal about hating cats and will make all these. You don't jokes. have to pick. You don't yeah, have to. Both are great pets. Both are yeah. Both are people. Sure. Um, <laughs> and this guy makes all these like killing cats jokes, and I feel like I want to fucking tell him. That's off. weird. Yeah. And I know I shouldn't. He's just a dumb guy who doesn't know how to make a joke correctly and just <laughs> says a mean thing instead of a joke. Uh, but I just like I find myself wanting to like fucking tear him a new one now all of entertainment is ruined to me you understand that right i have i i am looking at my future and all i can see is disapproval of things do you think if you watched toy story 3 today you would shoot yourself at the end (laughs) i could barely keep from shooting myself at the end of toy story 3 as it was yeah that movie i don't think i would let my kid watch that movie until he's at least he or she is 20 years old. Because like, that one scene where they're in the fire, yeah, that is very rough. <laughs> it's super rough. Oh, my God. Yeah. You got to like, start them on something easy, like Babe Pig in the City. Isn't that, doesn't that have yeah, a lot of darkness real. in it? <laughs> Somebody tweeted yeah. at me that they were really angry they watched Babe Pig in the City because it was too sad. Yeah. Yeah, Animal Farm. <laughs> oh, 
Just show the kid Fast Five. He'll be fine. <laughs> Fast Five is great. I would love for my kid to watch sure. Fast Five. He'll learn five. about the importance of getting totally shredded. Kamel, if you, if you want to uh, see Fast Five with, uh, w- with an audience composed almost exclusively of under-13s, just head out to the Highland Theater right here in Highland Park, California, <laughs> because that's where I saw Fast Five, and it was Full of preteens. <laughs> Just so many preteens. That's what they should be watching. I think Rise of the Planet of the Apes is too taxing for them. I kind of wonder whether if I went to see Fast Five again, whether in that one scene about 40% of the way in where they're in that weird safe house drinking sure. beers talking and talking about, about their, their dads, fathers. I would start crying. Yeah. I'd just start crying. Boom. Yeah, I've noticed since I've had Gut Bagel, my cats, three yeah. years ago, any movie or anything where there's any sort of animal, any sort of hardship, animal hardship, I cannot handle it anymore. You have to learn. It's funny. When you do something like this, I mean, I get the emails from The Sound of Young America and Jordan Jesse Go and shit because I'm the one with the public email address. You have to remember that just everyone has things like that and it's going to happen. Like I, we, I, we, I had on the Sound of Young America a sketch um, from the Second City. We did recorded a show in Chicago at the Second City, and the Second City, uh, one of the Second City companies, did this great, great, so funny Adam McKay sketch uh, that was a Second City sketch where it's these, it's these, this, these, this HR guy calls in a kind of boss type, sort of a Will Ferrelly type. And uh, tells him they just got back the results of his um, uh, of his sort of uh, his psychological profiling exam, and he's retarded. And <laughs> and he says, "Don't you mean go getter?" <laughs> and I got you know I got emails from people you know my whatever developmentally disabled brother or sister yeah. or whatever. And this sketch is. A thousand percent not at the expense of the developmentally disabled. And if it was, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have played it on the sound of Young America. That's a shitty thing to make a joke about. Um, It's absolutely at the expense of dumb business guys. Um, It's at the expense of the sort of vacuousness of businessmen. And yeah, but I don't, I don't blame people who react emotionally no, to it. People have certain words. Like when Jordan was on my podcast, The Indoor Kids, we made fun of this game called StarCraft 2. We didn't even really make fun of it. We, made, we were making fun of, the, of, of Scar- StarCraft as spectator sport, yeah. which I guess it is these days. Well, but. we were, yeah, we were saying who could watch this. It's Star- just Doesn't resource management. Don't you just drive a little craft around Be very the careful. Like what you say. <laughs> Bind your piece of cues. Because destroy I got... It's it was not a, even a graphically a, oriented game, right? A, a firestorm of emails. So much. People were so offended by this. They were like, how dare you? You didn't give this a shot. And I was like... We made no claims that we understood it. Part yeah. of the point was we don't get this game. We don't know why people would want to watch this game. Yeah, and I think we were pretty clear about we're outsiders and it seems weird to us. But yeah, and I thought we we like sat down with StarCraft and then like made it a conscious choice to shun it. Right. You know what I think these people were? A bunch of cat killers. Oh, <laughs> or, or at I least cat mockers. Yeah. You know what? I feel like we're okay. I feel like we... 
Jesse and I pissed off Penny Arcade, and we're still here to live to tell the tale. So, <laughs> you know, fucking bring it on, StarCraft guys. It's boring. <laughs> no, I said that. I, I said that on the podcast. And, you know, while we were talking, we said, yeah, bring it on, trolls, whatever you yeah, have. Yeah, we were doing some troll taunting. I troll thought painting. people would at least be like, well, you wanted it, so here it is. Have some yeah. humor about it. But these people, there was no sense of humor. Pages and pages, pages and pages. Fuck StarCraft 2. <laughs> a bold pro- proclamation. Not the first one. That's a classic. <laughs> yeah, not the Absolutely. I would watch two guys play yeah. that in a stadium for hours. Now, did you grow up playing PongCraft instead? Yes, I did. <laughs> I actually played a lot. For some reason, on the network in the computer lab at my middle school was this game that was not un-StarCraft-like called Bolo, where you drove little tanks around and built bases. Mm. I bet people will say that Bolo is very different from StarCraft. Well, it's not in space, for one thing. (laughs) There's that. I think StarCraft is in space. I think so. And I'm sure there's some craftiness involved. That's as far as I understand this game. See, Jordan, just think think how you would have felt if you had been listening to a video game podcast Mm -hmm. and someone had said something really mean about worms. Sure, yeah. The oh, video game boy. that you spent upwards oh, of 50 hours 50 hours a week playing for roughly 2 years. God, we I think college. and I think even I think even I uh I played Worms too. I even think I played the demo for half that. I think I didn't even buy the actual <laughs> game. Worms is the best. That's the difference though. Have Worms you, is awesome. Have you played any of the 3D ones? This is I just have. a game where I... you shoot. This is like a game. It's like a version of that tank game where you fire tank shells at from one side of the screen yeah, and you to have the different other weapons and blow up the land. It's four people, four worms a team and mm. you can have up to four teams. Uh, the 3D version is pretty good, but you know, you can see oh you did a really simple great game and then they try to make it more complicated. So it's not better than the original, but it's totally pretty decent. Hmm. Do they still have cute little voices? Yeah, of Can course. you still personalize the cute little voices? Yeah, it's the same thing. Ah, that I want it. It's the same game except the camera moved to like behind the head of some of them, you know? No. I'm going to invite like a baseball guy on the show, mm-hmm. and then all we're going to talk about is Terry Steinbach. He's <laughs> a guy who used to play catcher for the A's. Sounds cool. Did they make a 3D version of him recently? <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kamel Nanjiani, Luke Kang. Um, I think you're the first guy whose nickname has been another guy's name. Luke Kang. Yeah. yeah. I'm great. changing. I think it's great. I'm changing my nickname. Jesse Thorne, Dave Hendu Henderson. <laughs> great. He used to play center for the ace. You're a big baseball guy. I was. I'm, I'm a semi-retired. It's fun, though, to go... I like how, because I talk, I joke occasionally about how, loving baseball, mm-hmm. I get to go on these baseball podcasts now. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, this guy invited me over. This guy came over here, and we recorded his baseball podcast here in my studio. It was great. It was so fun. I went on Jonah Carey's baseball podcast. That's like a famous baseball nerd. Hey. He was great. He, I got to give a food pick. A baseball-related food? What, how, would, how does that work? Or do they just have a food part of the podcast? I don't know if you've ever seen the t-shirt, Jordan, but baseball is life. The rest is just details. Oh, I thought yeah. that was swimming. I thought swimming was life. Volleyball. Fishing, I thought. Volleyball. Hey, guys, I think we can all agree on this. 
<laughs> I was trying to think of fucking what's the big dog slogan? Read, follow, or get out of the way. Big anyway, dogs, big dogs. If you're not, if you're not the, if you're not a big dog, the oh, lead, follow, the, or get off the porch. Speak the fucking language or get the fuck out. That's the one you're that thinking is, of. Yes, I'm thinking of America <laughs> for Americans. Yeah, yeah. If you know of a podcast that specializes in cricket trivia from 1982 to 1997. Uh-huh. Let me know because because you're you're a Pakistani American and Pakistan is the nation of cricket. This oh. is the the world's premier cricket country. We're one of the best, yeah. But it's really right. Like, isn't oh, yeah. like there's no more. There's no nation. Not even England can claim to be more passionate about cricket. No, than Pakistan, it's Pakistan right? and India are the two most. Yeah. Is there like a rivalry there? What do you think? <laughs> we do have nuclear weapons pointed at each other. <laughs> so, yeah, I would call it a okay. rivalry. And it comes out in cricket. Yeah, we shoot, well, also bullets okay. and terrorist yeah. attacks, but cricket as well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, attempts at e- each other's heads of state's lives. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, you know, on the cricket field. Sure. Yeah, like who can have the flattest bat? <laughs> or what have you. Do you so are you really a, are you a genuine cricket fan? Yeah, I mean I don't follow it as much anymore, but I mean Because you you know we know. had a saying in Pakistan it was a uh, cricket is life the rest is just details. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not the lead dog, the view never changes. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you're not the, How if you're not the guy behind the bowler, I don't know. <laughs> How old were you when you moved to the United States? 18. 18? Yeah. Wow. Yes. You speak you speak English like someone who spoke English exclusively from the age of 4 or 5, not like someone who learned English in a country where a lot of people speak English. No, I started taking English classes when I was like 5 or 6. I remember when I started learning English, I remember the first day at school like getting really upset because they were teaching us the word tiger. And I was like, why do I need a whole other way to say tiger? <laughs> I can already say this. That's very reasonable. Yeah. That is very reasonable. But I'm very glad that I stuck to it. This podcast would be really awkward. You said, is that something about tigers? <laughs> <laughs> I presume it was something about tigers. Paki- the Pakistani language is exclusively tiger-based, correct? Yeah, yeah. We learned from our tiger fathers. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, okay, so I, what I wanted to ask you about, because you, you alluded to it very briefly while we were in break, and then, and then, just, uh, then instantly announced that you wanted to save it for the air, because it was just that juicy... Oh, no, I just, I mean, it wasn't that Your juicy. last weekend with Miss <laughs> Zoe Deschanel. Oh, God. So juicy. Um, no, it wasn't that juicy. I just came up. We, I don't know what it was we were talking about, but I used to do uh, uh, tech support at schools. Wait, uh, hold on. That's racist. I'm being racist. Yeah, I'm a yeah. total stereotype. Well, this is where it breaks down. I was terrible at it. <laughs> I was really bad at it. Do you think it's possible that you got the job because of reverse racism? Maybe. I, I was fine <laughs> taking it, but but You're I... Like, hey, boss, a Pakistani guy applied. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, make He's him the, the head of tech <laughs> support. Uh, I was really, really bad at it. And I survived just because I wasn't an asshole. Right. And I was there for five years. But I would get, like, this one kid came up to me and was like, oh, I want to send this file as an attachment. And uh, I was like, well, just send it. He's like, yeah, but I also want to keep a copy of it. I don't want to just send it off. <laughs> <laughs> so that, oh, it's because you were talking about recording, how you don't have to record the intro over and over. Because I was surprised you guys didn't do the Jordan Jesse Go intro. 
and then you told me, oh, you you could just record it once. Frankly, I'm just frankly I'm just touched that you've listened to the program. Yeah, of course. I mean, the first five minutes or so, oh. and you had to turn that shit off, but. I was going to say, I always, on podcasts, I'm a little, when I when there's a podcast I like where I enjoy the theme music, uh, I'm always disappointed if you're on it and they don't play the theme music. Uh, they play Corolla's theme music before, I yeah, remember. Yeah, they, they do. They play his signature Mighty Mighty Boss Toads <laughs> theme music. And, and also, the, also the guy that does his kind of absurd voiceover voice uh, commercials mm-hmm. is also the engineer and talks to you in a non voiceover context and it's very disorienting. Sure. The the guy who talks like this. Does he talk like that all the time? This guy says, Hey guys, it's good to see you. Yeah. He was a really nice guy. Can I get so you nice. some water? <laughs> is everyone's headphones volume okay? <laughs> hey guys, I, I hope I hey I'm so happy that I'm so happy when we get radio guys in here because I don't have to adjust the mics. <laughs> That's what he said. It was it was so confusing. It was so confusing. I can't even begin to tell you. And every time he said Sunday, he had to say it three times. Yeah, <laughs> very strange. That's something yeah. you learn. I'm going to Sunday, over. Sunday, Sunday school <laughs> <laughs> to learn more about Jesus, <laughs> the life of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, Jordan, what's going what's going on with you? I feel like we've just been talking about all my dad stuff this whole yeah. time. Um, well, uh, this is this here's here's my new development is that oh. I have started uh, exercising. Using, oh, you look good. Thank you. Yeah, you look tremendous, Jordan. Thank you. I feel great. Good color in the face. You mm-hmm. know. Yep. Powerful forearms. <laughs> sure. Taller. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you got taller. Uh, I've been working out using my Xbox Connect. Your dick is really glistening. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it's excreting something now that I'm <laughs> sure. exercising. I don't know what sure. it is. It's well, making it's it glisten, though. One of the many benefits of exercise. Not going to see a doctor. Is Do it work. pee? Not pee. Something. No, it comes out of the pore. The head of the dick now just shoots rays. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, the, 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 what's making it glisten is kind of like and and I don't an know excretion. if you've n- noticed that a lot of Jordan's girlfriends have been rainbows lately. <laughs> That's yes. a good slogan for connect. It'll make your dick shoot rays. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, and this, okay. So I'm. I the connect is the is maybe kind of the Xbox's answer to the Wii. It's this camera that you set up that senses your motions and you don't have to use a controller or anything like that so right it's you know it's attached to your tv and it's looking at your motions and it can sense them so i've started doing this um uh this exercise program uh brought on largely by the fact that i went to this uh audition for a um uh for a uh for like a prank show Oh, I thought you were going to be like for a mountain climber. And I was like, oh, that's why he has to get in shape. Oh, right. No, no. I went to this audition for to be on a prank show. And they sent you in there with another guy who was auditioning. And then they just had you like slam each other um, in this kind of weird way. It was very... Like, like, like slam each other like your mother's. Yeah, yeah. They wanted you to like insult the other person. Um, and the guy made exclusively fat jokes about me. Uh, <laughs> like, like uh, hey, are you Jonah Hill's body double? And uh, and uh, for, and I know that it was just that guy kind of like being a jerk and not knowing what else to do. But I had been I got so self conscious after that. So I had gotten a connect through my work. Well, how, what were you making fun? Were you making fun of him for just making fat jokes? I know. I'm like, or what is that you too have? much? <laughs> uh, I forget. I think I, he had like hipster clothes on, and I was oh, doing. Okay. I was like, "Where's your Etsy account, um, Fatso?" Um, so I got this. Uh, 
so I had loaned, I had gotten this connect, but I had given it to a friend. So I had kind of give that awkward call. Like, I know you've had this for a month, but I need it back now. Uh, and I've been using this exercise thing called Your Shape Fitness Evolved. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> um, and what it does is you have. It's the- called Health Diff, Health <laughs> Disc 2009. <laughs> sure. Workout editions. Mm hmm. And uh, so you have this, like, kind of virtual personal trainer, and she's very cute. She has a little haircut and, like, Converse. Um, I think it... Like most personal trainers. Yes. What happened is I put my dick in the connect, and it read, <laughs> it sensed what my type was. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, didn't, it did not have Christina Hendricks from Mad Men, so uh-huh. this was the next, this was the sure. next default. But doesn't it, like, look at your body, and does it do an assessment at first? Well, yes, here's the thing about it, is that while your trainer, while your cute trainer is working out, it also, you're working out next to her, but it's like an infrared predator vision version yes. of you. Yes. Uh, you know how the predators see Red and yellow. And I don't know if this is intended, but to me, it seems like it is making... It is making to glow my problem area. So uh, my pectoral region, my uh, stomach all glow a different color than the rest of me. Is that right? It is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, But yeah, it's been really fun. And I totally, uh, I only made it 30 minutes without pulling off my pants to see my infrared dick. <laughs> but I did that. It looks pretty cool. Does it? Yeah, it does look cool. But your bo- your torso and your stomach look a different color. So if like the predator saw you, he would just think it was like a torso and a stomach yeah, going would, by? Yeah, sure. Yeah, he would, well, he would cut off my stomach to use as a trophy. Okay, all right. To, put- to get it to see your dick. Yeah. Let's get back to this. Sure. To get it to see your dick, do you have to go in profile or does it have sufficient 3D technology yeah, to no, find your depth, dick? The depth was there you i could tell my my dick had was defined in the predator blob wow did it yeah. also were oh, the veins a different color i regret it <laughs> <laughs> you know no, you regret thinking not, of something and then you still ask it but then even, you say it anyway and, oh, like, and i give God. up anyway. just because i want it to be in all your heads too the image i'm seeing in my sure, head sure of this veiny glowing dick i get it um yeah no no it's not that detailed um and your personal trainer very supportive and very Canadian. And it's like, we're about done. Canadian? Yeah. It's a game was made in Montreal. Oh, um, okay. Even, yeah. It's, uh, so, so, but yes, it's very supportive. I wish like when you're playing just another game, when you're playing like Gears of War or something, like there was a pleasant female voice going, great job. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing great. Yeah. Keep it up. <laughs> Does it only, what, what, what kind of thing do you do? Uh, it's just kind of like an aerobic Workout. So you do like jumping jacks. Yeah, a lot of like lunging, a lot of lunging punches. How do you, does it give you a grade? Yeah, you got your, it it is kind of like a kind of the game element of it is it's kind of like a rhythm game, kind of like a DDR or something, and that you have to be. It, it senses like how deep your lunges are, and you get a little ding if you've lunged deep enough, and also if you're in rhythm with your trainer. So, um, so there, yeah. So there, you do get a percentage at the end. So how did you do? Are you getting better? Doing okay. Yeah, I'm feeling good about it. And uh, at the end, there's these kind of little games you can play as a cooldown that are just kind of fun, just like block punching and stuff that are still active. So yeah. are, do you? Are there any of these games where you do something besides work out? 
Oh, so it's actually you're fighting aliens, but it's really a workout game. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I would think that that would be the whole like positive aspect of having this thing is you could do something where you're doing something that's actually fun. fun yeah, not just working out. It's sure. sort of like I, I, you know, it's sort of it, it's sort of one of those not understanding the possibilities of technology. That is type an situation. interesting point because the whole point of using that is so you don't have to go to the gym and feel like you're working out. But right. here you're clearly working it's like out. If you invented the telephone and you just picked it up and said short long long short 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 <laughs> mail long. a letter to this address <laughs> exactly um yeah no you know it's 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 funny it's like yes i do wish it was more game like but what's the justification in the game world to get you to lunge you know no like, but it could be you know aliens are attacking and the only way to defeat them is to do some cardio yeah it's yeah. like run and swat them yeah, you swat them and Swatting you have to... Swatting is an important thing in aerobic. Well, at least in jazzercise. I don't know if you've ever done... Or Zumba. Sure. It's very popular. Oh, you know, Zumba. there was a Zumba option of games. There's a Zumba workout game. Really? Anyways, and you also... Have, there's, it comes with something called the Zumba belt, and that's when I didn't want it. Oh, Zumba belt. Yeah. Well, you don't like wearing belts. Mm-mm. They chafe your chastity belt. Sure, right. I'm already <laughs> wearing a belt that my witch mother put on me. <laughs> I would enjoy I would enjoy an activity based exercise game where I get to do something that I think is neat. Right? Like shouldn't that be what you get to do? Something that you think is neat? Yeah. I, I already would... hate dancing. <laughs> yeah. I would like it if it had a story mode set in the world of DuckTales. <laughs> like, not yeah, like not you following around Scrooge McDuck, but you were like in that world. So, oh, so you're not Scrooge McDuck. No, like I don't want it to be part of the continuity because that would fuck up you the Duckiverse. Just, you just live next to Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, like the Beagle Boys are referenced. Uh, okay, right, right, right. What would happen if you ran into Darkwing Duck? That, that could would happen. Would that fuck up the continuity, no, though? Those, those guys all exist in the same universe. Darkwing so, Duck? Yeah, there's crossover. Huh. I no, but I mean, that. if you saw Darkwing Duck, what if you, what if, like, what if you kicked his ass? Oh, yeah. Well, I, no, I, exactly. That's why I don't want to interact with the main cast. Right. I want to, like, have them be referenced, and also I'm getting totally shredded. What about that duck pilot? Oh, Launchpad? Launchpad yeah. McQuack. Yeah, maybe he could be the narrator or something. Yeah. But you would, so you would prefer if it was, like, a Batman game. You're just a guy working in Gotham City. Yeah. You've got a temp job. Sure. There's a guy there who hates cats and makes cat-killing jokes. Oh, yeah, and you get to kick his ass. And every now and then outside the window, you see the Batman go by. Kumail, mm-hmm. it sounds like you don't appreciate the magic of world building. I mean, that's what's so wonderful about these games and, and just about, about anything where you can really, truly be a fan is you can immerse yourself in that world. I mean, that's why, uh, that's why I've been going around with a pitch. I don't know if you saw Star Trek 1. Um, I want to do kind of an interactive experience where you're just a chef in Star Trek world. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's fun. But, you know, I'm already unimportant in this think world. Of, think of how fun it would be, Kumail. You go up to your TV and you go, like, cup of coffee. And it goes... You can make anything. That's your job. Yeah, that's your You're job. You're the guy who repeats whatever they want. <laughs> yeah, You're exactly. saying is you don't want to be an insignificant pawn in, the, in an interesting world. Yeah, I'm an insignificant pawn in an uninteresting world. If I go to an interesting world, I want to be Captain Kirk or Batman or Scrooge McDuck. Sure. Not Kamel Nanjiani, neighbor of Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Number one, you live in a very interesting world, the world of Franklin and Bash. Yes, that is correct. See? Crime fighting. Right there. Crime fighting attorneys. Wait, oh, oh maybe I'm this guessing. is this is I sub Oh, I was can okay, so you've got this kind of 
these these hour long TNT dramedies. Like, does your show take place in the same world as Rizzoli and Isles? Like, is there that kind of? Could you cross over potential? Oh, I hope so. What would happen? <laughs> what would happen if uh, you met one of the characters from Men of a Certain Age? I think we would be very sad, uh-huh. and uh, then they would get canceled before their time. <laughs> your your tone would get all confused. This was another thing, by the way, when Men of a Certain Age got canceled and the Franklin Bash got picked up. Everybody like, how the fuck? Why is Franklin Bash picked up and this well, show is canceled? Well, Men like, of a Certain Age was an exceptionally good program, and Franklin of Bash Franklin is an exceptionally Bash is good program. Something that you don't change the channel. Exceptionally good program. Uh huh. Well, because you get it's it's got, well, it's got Kumail Nanjiani in it. Yeah. How bad could it be? Yeah, and I'm not playing an insignificant guy. I'm you know. You're it. I'm with Franklin and Bash. You're mo- yeah, sure. I mean, you're, you're a chef. The plot you're, line. Yeah, I'm you're not the just the kind of delivery you guy. You want to be? You're you're the chef or the? No, I don't want to be the chef. The clerk. This is what? No, you're I don't want to be the. No, you're a clerk. I'm a lawyer. You're a clerk in Gotham City, right? No, that's not the point. Yeah, you're a law clerk. I'm basically I'm like Huey. You're a transactional lawyer <laughs> of some kind. Right? Well, you're saying you're you in the like a real estate it, lawyer. Okay, uh, to the world of Franklin and Bash, you are like Huey too. Yeah, to Scrooge McDuck would be in Ducktales. I'm not so Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, but you know, I'm in the mix. Sure, I've got you know, I've Story got hopes lines. and dreams that matter. That orangutan from the Jungle Book was in Ducktales, wasn't he? You're thinking of Tailspin if we're going oh, through the Disney afternoon. But that's the same universe, Duckiverse. Well, I think Tailspin happened in the '40s. Right? No, but Wasn't there like World War II shit going on in Tailspin? Wasn't there a new Tailspin? There's a re- more recent Tailspin than that. Huh. Well, I know that... Oh, no, no. Well, I'm saying in the modern... The Tailspin that was on when we were kids was set like against a Cold War backdrop. Was it really? Yes. I think I, they had... Right? I know that our friend Ian Brill uh, writes a Darkwing Duck comic book that expands the Duckiverse. I know this because he, in tribute to Jordan Jesse Go, named some characters Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson. Mm-hmm. Um, Kumail, by the way, I, I know that you're, you're an accomplished uh, comedian as well as actor, and I, I think you've probably got a bright, ri- a bright uh, future ahead of you as a creator and writer. Um, we would ask that if you do create or write a television program or a book or anything like that, that you include some characters named Chip Dipson and Dip Dobson. But it aren't, that's already taken, right? People will think I stole from the Duckiverse, from yeah. the expanded Duckiverse. <laughs> Dear Mr. Nanjiani. Oh, my God. People would know. I, I ignored your callous comments about StarCraft, but I cannot let this slide. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kumel Nanjiani, Liu Kang. Oh man, fun sponsors this week on the program, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, our friends at Fuelly.com. F U E L L Y is how it's spelled. We should write like a little song about it. F U E L L Y. Find no, out your fuel. No, find out your the, fuel mileage. Who knows why we're, you we're, would want to do that? We're snagging from my brother, my brother, and me. Uh, they, well, they got a guitar. Yeah. 
and okay. music talent. Oh, ours are acapella. Yeah, ours are acapella and atonal. They draw on our, they draw on our, uh, on our long history, our deep history as Gregorian monks. Oh, sure. <laughs> you guys should do throat singing. Anyway, the Fuley. Yeah. Wow, dot <laughs> com is where you go to type in your uh, mileage. It calculates your mileage on your car for you so you can uh, compare it to other cars and compare your car to other cars of the same make. That sounds very useful. It's kind of fun, right? You, you can, it turns getting good fuel mileage and being economical into a little uh, goof around game. Is it a game? Well, <laughs> it's, like, it's like a competition. If you think surfing the it, internet is a game. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think it's a game the same way that checking in on Foursquare is a game. I yeah. think it's like that version of it. Yeah, exactly. Only it actually has benefits to you in your life. Sure. Which is you could get better gas. Well, no, no, no. The Foursquare stuff makes you look like a dick, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like a mayor dick. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> mayor of Dicktown. I want to welcome our, our first ever uh, commercial sponsor here on the Jumbotron. Uh, uh, we've, we've had many podcasts in the past. Mm-hmm. This is our first professional wrestling podcast that we've ever done yeah uh of course as you know i'm a huge professional wrestling fan me too i can't get enough of it my favorite wrestlers are um george the animal steel sure george steel john wrestler john wrestler yeah grapple johnson (laughs) (laughs) todd barry from the movie the wrestler (laughs) Um, anyway, uh, this podcast is has the most... Starman, the Amazon. Uh, who else is for pro wrestling for the NES? Oh, man, I don't remember. This blog, excuse me, it's not a podcast. This blog... Push-Ups McGee is really good. <laughs> has the most specific premise of any blog ever that's not just a Tumblr cash-in blog. The most specific actual premise, it's called The Year in Raw View... R-A-W-V-I-E-W, referring to raw wrestling, which is nude Greco-Roman style wrestling. No, isn't raw like WWE raw? No, it's when they wrestle... Without a condom. Raw dogging. Yeah. They (laughs) grease themselves up, and they take off their clothes, they get boners, and then they wrestle. Oh. They just see what happens. It's not gay. It's just just seeing what happens. Just see what happens. <laughs> See what develops. Yeah. Um, it is okay. So this is a blog chronicling the events of the World Wrestling Federation in the year 1997. Wow! It is specifically wrestling from the year I was a junior in high school. The year this was the this was one of the this was like the second boom of wrestling right after the sort of Andre the Giant years as I think. Of this them. is I think the Rock in that era. Yeah, this right? is like okay. the Rock years of Triple wrestling. H. Um, they, they, uh, they follow Doug the, bicep. they follow the epic <laughs> storylines, commentary, and highlights, uh, in text, video, and animated yeah. GIF formats. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Foreigner bad guy. <laughs> anyway, these guys are, the guys who run this are both Max Funsters. They, they claim that they genuinely love this in the same way that I love R. Kelly. Now, I don't know how their love could match mine, mm-hmm. since anytime I'm upset, I just know that I need to listen to Step in the Name of Love. Did you, is that why you blasted it on your cell phone when you were watching Rise of the Planet of the Apes? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> is that why you're not welcome back to that theater? When these guys are upset, they probably just uh, watch a video of Goldberg. That one, ep- yeah. Oh, he was the gay wrestler. He was gay? 
Yeah. Gold- that's oh, no, no, not Goldberg. I'm thinking of who's the other guy who was there gold. There is like a gay... Yes, there is. He like- was gold... Gold Dust. I'm thinking of yeah. Gold Dust. Gold Dust was the gay wrestler, and he was a bad guy. For being gay? You know, was yeah. Was bad for that being, he was gay? It was bad that he was gay. For the longest time... All of our prejudices were projected onto WWF wrestlers. <laughs> I I once went to this estate sale in San Francisco, and it was this guy who was like a classic elderly gay. He just his home was just full of like physique related magazines <laughs> and just like so many things that were pertained to being a gay, being gay in 1952. Um, and he had this T shirt. For the San Francisco State University wrestling team. He was also a wrestling coach. And sure. he had this t-shirt for the San Francisco State University wrestling team that was, uh, it was uh, yellow, and it was gold and purple, the colors of San Francisco State University. And it had a Golden Gate Bridge and two dudes wrestling in it, you know, like Olympic style wrestling. And I bought it and I would wear it all the time. And it was always this constant tension because, number one, I, you know, I'm straight. I don't need to tell the world that I'm gay. That's confusing. Uh, but on the other hand, despite the fact that this was clearly a gay shirt created specifically to, you know, be a booster of this wrestling team, but also indicate one's gayness, um, it was so cool. It was such a great shirt. That I just had to wear it, even though it it was I might as well have just been wearing a shirt that says I'm gay, hmm. but like a really cool one. I know it was so cool, Kumail. It was such a cool shirt. It was one of my one of my best t-shirts. One of my best t-shirts. Is it gone now? What if you see a really cool shirt, but the equivalent, the message on it is like anti-gay or something? What if you see a really cool homophobic shirt, but like like, a, like an it's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, but great font. It's really thin. Well designed. Yeah, yeah. It, like ha- the way it hangs over your body is perfect. Like you look like a stud. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I do a lot of my t-shirt shopping in, East, in the former East Germany. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of Stasi-related t-shirts. And I know that they tortured and murdered and just yeah. made people's... But the shirt, it's got that nice stretch. It's that 50-50... Polycotton blend. It's the perfect blend, mm. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we'll be back in just a second. Wait, what was the Dress podcast up, called? We never found down. out what the oh, name of it was. It's, it's, a, it's a blog. I misspoke when I said podcast. It's theyearinrawview.com. Theyearinrawview.com. And if you want to sponsor an upcoming episode of Jordan Jesse Go, get up on our Jumbotron. Uh, you can just visit MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It is easy and cheap. 100 bucks for a personal message. Still $200 for a commercial message. We might have to kick that up a notch sometime soon. Yeah. Well, get in while you while still can. While it's still cheap, because we're going to Netflix you right MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Kumail Nanjiani, Liu Kang. Do you see yourself as classic Liu Kang or zombie Liu Kang? Classic, and then I had, you know, a couple of years where I was zombie Liu Kang. Sure. And now I'm back. After college. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. When I'm in a universe, I don't want to be 
the guy who's the clerk, I want to be fucking Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. I'm like one of the, Liu Kang for a little bit. I'm one of those guys mm-hmm. on the side with just two with two frames of animation. Fist down, <laughs> fist up. Fist down, fist <laughs> That's up. That's what you guys want to be. Up. Spectators. Exactly. You want to watch the Mortal Kombat. You want to be like the fourth Baraka. You know, when yeah. there's like he has, this, he has a whole race of Barakas. Sure. I want to be, yeah, someone very low on the Baraka chain of command. Also, yeah. just so you know, I'm actually not even in Mortal Kombat. I'm actually in Pit Fighter. <gasps> oh my god, I love Pit Fighter. Okay, let's go to the telephone call, shall we, guys? No, no, let's talk about no, Pit Fighter. No. Who was your guy? Mine was Buzz. Oh god. Uh, hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, guest. My name's Joe, and I'm from Windsor Heights, Iowa. I'm just calling because I've got a momentous occasion. A few minutes ago, I graduated officer candidate school, and now I'm an officer in the United States Army. Thanks. Bye. Wow, congratulations, Joe. Yeah. You should uh, turn everybody in the army onto the podcast. Yes, please do. So then we can have a whole army at our disposal. <laughs> Literally the army. Yeah. Everybody in the army. This is a, you know, I had never really considered world domination to be like an option for me. Right. Like it always just seemed like, you know, like I couldn't be a racehorse. It jockey. felt un- unachievable. But yeah, now, but now I think. It's- These are both occupations for which you're simply too tall. Well, yes, and according to my audition partner, far too fat. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. Well, I think we could probably gain control of the military. This yeah. guy's an officer. Like he's he, an officer. They have to do what they he can. Like, loosen up, maggots. Yeah. Listen to Jordan Jesse go. Or I'm going to skull fuck you. Yeah. Great. Do that. Do that. And he said just a few minutes ago. So you were one of the f- first phone calls he made. That's what we like for momentous occasions. We, we like- want people to have that number in their cell phone. So when shit goes down. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know wow. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. The important stuff. I think this is great. Jordan, I'm really excited about this. On the one hand, I'm worried about this guy as I am worried about all of our armed forces uh, serving anywhere. It's, it's a dangerous job even here at home, but uh, uh, overseas certainly. But this prospect that you've brought up of world domination through the influence of our entertainment is very compelling to me. I'm no longer worried about his life. I'm more worried about our prospects of... Dominating the world. As co-emperors. Yeah. I think we, you know what I think we should start with? Hmm. Pakistan. We got an in. What? Yeah. We got an in. Oh, yeah. I'll lead you guys. And I'll be like, hey, these guys are cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just teach us a few cricket buzzwords. Yeah. Can I be the vizier? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Just go in and say, hey, these guys will be your friend in four overs. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah, in thing, four right? overs or about a half hour. Hey, when the when we take our tea break in the mid afternoon on day three, isn't there? Wait, what about what? Isn't there something? Isn't there a version of cricket called like Seven Up, where it's like a lightning round version? That's of cricket? That's new. That's very new. Yeah, very controversial, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, you know, the original games would last five days, so now they're trying to like make it, you know, hipper and younger and quicker. Is it actually called Seven Up? I forget what it's called. No, it's called uh, something sixes. sixes. I, I don't follow it anymore, okay. that stuff. Well, let's, let's go back to the momentous occasion, shall we? This is great. Sure. If you're out there, if you're serving in the military, if you're former military, if you're just in the ROTC, you know what you've got to do. You've got to convert people, bring them on board, and get ready for... You know, frankly, treasonous acts. Sure, I'm uh, not going to soft pedal this. Jesse, let's let's we can make this a positive. Creating a new world order. I'm not so hot, Jordan, on foreign wars, mm-hmm. but I sure. am hot on having somebody to go to the Pinkberry for me if I want those little mochis. Oh, you know, those sure. little pieces yeah, of mochi they, they put on a nice. Yeah. 
And there would be no foreign wars if the U.S. took over every country if, and yeah. it was just one big country. And if the f- soldiers of all those nations combined were focused on mochis. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'd never have to walk to Pink Ferry. Hey, Jordan, Jesse. I have a momentous occasion. Uh, I just got home. I think I may have been grifted for the first time. Uh, a neighborhood lady was walking on the street and... Number one, if you think you were grifted, you were definitely grifted. <laughs> That's just... We can kick it off Maybe right there. Maybe she did need money for a bus ticket or whatever. She needed money to get her handicapped son home 20 miles away after her car broke down. Uh, I gave her $100 and a Diet Coke, and she promised to give me the money the next day. Mm-hmm. It's been one of the most exciting nights I've had in a long time, and I just can't wait to see if she's actually going to pay off tomorrow if it's all a big scam. Talk to you later. Of course she's not going to pay! I, but I like that this guy's excited. I like that he thinks it's fun. I think that's cool. You know, he's like, hey, he seems like he's... He's having fun with this. Maybe he's getting 100 bucks worth of fun out of this. Well, two things. One, if it's a neighbor lady, then it's somebody he presumably is going to see again. Mm-hmm. No, and he said neighborhood lady. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, he said neighborhood lady. Okay. That just means a lady that's in his neighborhood. Yeah, that's not. You're never seeing that Diet Coke again. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if it was just an envelope filled with wet, wet money like, because she had poured in an entire Diet Coke. Oh, jeez. If they're asking you for money, they're grifters. That's how it works. They yeah. need a, anybody that's going to give you the money back tomorrow. It's just they're grifters. I had a guy. I had a, 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 a gay gentleman like a, yourself. A gentleman. I had a potential grifter come up to me the other day, and he gave me that like car broke, need a bus ticket, gas to get back thing that people say to you pretty standard yeah Yeah, and he also mentioned his pregnant wife and he pointed you know uh 50 feet back there was a pregnant woman sitting on a bench oh my god so he'd scored he was like all right so i don't i don't i'm guessing maybe she would have come over and and participated in the grift it was actually his wife but i like the idea that he was just gesturing toward (laughs) he just saw pregnant lady pregnant the sun is smiling on me tonight Hmm. Well, at least we're going to control the world. Yeah, you know what we're going to get rid of when we control the world? Grifters. Yeah, right. Grifting. Death penalty for all grifters. Yeah. Immediate. Swift. Death by mochi. Yeah. (laughs) Mochi them to death. Yeah, like a stoning. Yeah. It would take days. It would be longer because they're sort of rubbery. Yeah, it would take forever. And I was going to say they'll die of starvation more than anything, but not really. They're eating mochi. They 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 could catch a few in their wine. I imagine we're firing these out of a cannon or something. Yeah. All right. And then, you know, kids are also tossing them. It's good that we're doing this, Jordan, because I've been fucking looking for something to do with my mochi cannon. I bought it on a whim. It was a point of sale thing. It was right there. It was on sale. It was right by the front at Target. I was waiting in line. It was a good deal. What are you going to do? I got an Us Magazine and a Mochi Cannon. I've fucking not found anything to do with this. So thank God, Jordan. Yeah. That's what I have to say. Thank God. Hey, Jordan. Hey, Jesse. Hey, Joe. I have been listening for a while. First time calling. I have a momentous occasion. One hour and... 37 minutes ago, I successfully asked out a girl for the first time. Alright, thanks. Bye. See? That's a fucking delight. That's delightful. That's wonderful. We like to hear. Successful. That's that's like one of the best momentous occasions we've had. That's like one of the... We've never had that before. Yeah, that's true. He sounded very sad, though. He didn't sound... No, he he was confident. 
He was conserving his energy for the fuck fest that's going to happen. <laughs> this guy is about to go on a fuck fest, Kumail. <laughs> oh, the impending fuck fest. This guy. <laughs> that first dates usually are. Kumail, if, <laughs> right? you, if you're, gonna, you're doing it right. <laughs> if you're going to run a marathon, you got a carbo load. Exactly. You're going to have a fuck fest. You got to conserve your energy when you call into the momentous occasion. He's hotline. got Gatorade. He's munching on mochi. <laughs> if you've got a momentous occasion, a moment of shame. Mochi is just Japanese fuck fuel. If you're a te- if you're a teenager <laughs> who needs us, who needs some straight talk, two zero six nine eight four four fun is our telephone number. Two zero six nine eight four four F U N. Put in your cell phone so when something happens, you've got it handy. Uh, we'll talk to you in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, la, la. Jordan, Jesse, go. I am Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Detective. Kumail Nanjiani, Liu Kang. Kumail, of course, the host of uh, the smash hit podcast. Well, our friends over there at the Nerdist Network, our old pal Chris Hardwick. You know what? We taught Chris Hardwick everything he fucking knows about podcasting. Yeah, right? He started last year. You guys have been doing it five years. We have... We have... More podcasting experience than anybody out there. Why are you angry? I don't know. <laughs> what, what do you think should be happening that's not? <laughs> People should be thanking us more? I feel like we should get it. We should get a cut. Oh, yeah. Like everybody who does a Gabby podcast has us. To, yeah, I don't want... We're the forefathers. Look, number one, we're not the first. You got your Keith and the Girl, I guess, or something. You got <laughs> Probably. Your, you got your Adam Curry show. Yep. But we were the first good one. <laughs> I bet Keith and I've never listened to Keith and the Girl. I bet they're really good. good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just think I'm not looking for a lot. Okay. You know, but we all know there's a lot of money in podcasting. Well, here, yeah. Here, well, here, yeah, you guys are literally sitting on mountains of dollars right now. The, it's they true. don't they don't see it because it's a radio thing. But mm-hmm. I had to ruin these hundred dollar bills to make them into a chair. Most of them are full of. I ruined them with epoxy. That they're covered in what's that baby thing? Muconium. Yeah, they're covered in muconium right now. It actually now. makes a surprisingly good epoxy. <laughs> it does. Uh, you know, yeah, I think, I think here's just what I would want. Because, yes, all of you podcasters out there, including you, Kamel, owe everything to us. So mm-hmm. I want to I take on a role like Lead Belly or like Robert Johnson in what they are to rock and roll i want us to be to podcasting like i want scratchy super scratchy very scratchy i want people to like insist that we were the best and the first and like in all interviews anytime they're interviewed or anytime they're discussing podcasts just like to speak about us with that same reverence i'll do it I'll Please. start every episode with jordan jesse go welcome to the What's indoor my favorite podcast this is the indoor kids yeah. <laughs> yeah i think exactly. that's pretty good i you know what i want I want points. I want 0.5% of, of dollar one through dollar every dollar. Mm. And you know what? Because I'm a good guy, 0.2% goes to our friends Jimmy and Matt over at Never Not Funny. Fine. That's what I'm offering. I'll give you guys 50% of every, everything I've made so far on my podcast. Done. We'll Is that pretty it. good? We'll take Great. it. Great. We'll there. take it. Done. Absolutely. Now we owe you $100. <laughs> Kumail, um, you actually have, we, we, we'd, normally we'd be just be saying, you know, oh, Kumail's got these important dates coming up. He's got this podcast. You can see him on the Franklin and Bash television program. Um, but you actually have an actually important thing 
to that to reach out to our twenty thousand or however many ten fifty thousand a hundred thousand listeners. Yeah. Okay. I live in Los Angeles and I just moved to this apart- house in Silver Lake, mm-hmm. and the woman who used to live there had to leave very quickly, and she left her two cats there. And her two cats, who are adorable, very friendly, very, you know, they'll sit on your lap and you can pet them and everything, adorable. They're just hanging out outside the place, trying to get back in. So every time I go in, they like just sit there. It's very sad. We've been feeding them, but they really need a home. So if you guys are looking, you know, if anybody out there wants to adopt a cat, uh, they're they're adorable. They're very very friendly, and you know we have all the paperwork, so they're vaccinated and everything. These are not street cats. These were house cats sure. that a few weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, were abandoned. And uh, you know when I saw the place uh, in, in that intervening three weeks, one of them has lost a lot of weight. It's just really sad, but they're wonderful cats and they're very healthy. So if you guys, you know, are not awful cat murdering people, sure. Don't uh, make any cruel jokes about them. No. They're, they're they very, very, very sweet cats. What should we have people do? You can email me and I'll forward it over to Kumail. Yeah. Is that the easiest way to do it? My email is jesse at org. If you're in Southern California, yeah. want to meet these cats, you might be a good forever home for these kitties. Yeah. Uh, just dr- drop me an email and I'm on the email all the time. What What else am I doing? I got an eight-day-old child. Nine. Well, can I ask you something? I was thinking of this. Yeah. So you have an adorable baby. I just met your baby. Very cute. Beautiful. Very small. He's very beautiful. Is it weird to you that this wonderful, beautiful little creature, Simon Lee Everett Thorne, is producing muconium, which he's not anymore. It's only the first two days. But that that it's uh, frankly pretty disgusting stuff right is it weird for you to see because this is why i bring it up my cat bagel who's adorable and the cutest thing and just the light of my life i love my cat she's gorgeous two days ago i saw the worst thing i've ever seen i saw this is really gross emily was holding her and she was like oh my god look at her butt and i looked at her butt and there was something sticking out like a white thing and i was like oh she ate something weird then i saw it move it was a worm Ugh. sticking out of her. It's ass worms. <laughs> well, so we're taking her to the vet tomorrow. Obviously, she's got something. Yeah. But uh, just the idea that something so beautiful has <laughs> something so... And I've already... She's got... She's adorable. She's got a very prominent butthole. Most cats do. Sure. So... <laughs> this is so fucking gross. <laughs> this is not the way to get people to adopt cats. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, her prominent butthole has a worm sticking out of it. Uh, is it still? Is it just always there? No, it's I. I I'm a good dad. This you is pushed how, no, it I back be, in with a pencil. I pushed it back in. I sent it back on its way. Yeah. No, I I pulled it out. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But every time I close my eyes, that's what I see is a, worm. a worm coming out of a cat's ass. My cat's ass, you not just any. No, not just a bagel's ass. A worm clearly moving around, clearly sentient. Not just a piece of thing that she ate. <sighs> so. But. Yeah, but I, I that, hate, is that like a good lesson for you? You telling in, that story made me hate my baby. 
<laughs> that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> that's a good lesson in like love endures, you know? Like, of course, it yeah. You faith in marriage and family. It's like, hey, you know, like sometimes worms come out of our asses, but you fucking deal with it. That's actually was in my wedding vows. Oh, wow. Through sickness and in sense. health, uh, through worms coming out of our assholes. <laughs> Uh, but you know this was Friday and the vet appointment is Monday and these yeah. two days it's just killing me like I'm, I just want her to be okay you know no and no for no one to make jokes about her oh of course not hey yeah. are we gonna get is this gonna cause mean emails I don't I hope not cause she's it's not her fault you're trying to find a forever home for these two no, kitties no, so you're our... we're, we're good we're good as gold okay you just email if you wanna save these kitties Jesse at MaximumFun.org. I'll forward it over to Kumail. And they don't have ass worms. Yeah. No, you've checked. They're free. I've been staring at their asses day and night. <laughs> no ass worms. No ass worms. <laughs> okay, look. I want, to, uh, I want to take this opportunity. New feature of the program. JJ Go Tweet of the Week. We love it when people tweet with the JJ Go hashtag. This week somebody tweeted a Mr. Will Cooper, at Mr. Mm-hmm. Will Cooper, tweeted, Things I found this year that are great. Rob Cordry's Children's Hospital. JJ Go Pound podcast and a cure for cancer that I'm keeping quiet. Boom. Great. So thank you, Will. Thank you to everybody who tweets with the hashtag JJ Go. All the folks who've reviewed our podcast in iTunes. Jesus Christ. There's a lot of them now, Jordan. Jesus Good. Christ. They kicked our, it kicked our average up to five stars, my friend. Heck, yeah. Up to five? Five stars. That's as many stars as is possible. Yeah. That's all the stars in the heavens, my friend. <laughs> five. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got your Big Dipper, Sagittarius, North, Little Dipper, North, North sure, North, and North Face, Santa Star. Um, Santa Star. Anyway, JJ Go at MaximumFun.org, 206-984-4FUN, MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron if you want to get on the Jumbotron. If you want to donate, MaximumFun.org slash Donate. Kumail Nanjiani, a brilliant stand-up comedian. Uh, you can catch him touring around the country. Uh, you can find him. What are you, You're on the tweeters? Yeah, Kumail and K-U-M-A-I-L-N. Dot, uh, yeah. Dot, dot tweet, Twitter. Dot Twitter. Dot Twitter. <laughs> dot slash gov. 206-984-4-FUN. S- slash Fuelly. Slash <laughs> wrestling. But ju- wrestling, just from 97. Wrestling blog. <laughs> Look, gang, it's been a blast. I, I got to go clean some uh, poop off of balls. We'll be back next week on Jordan Jessica. <laughs>